I'm so glad you're back. Thanks for being here. I'm here today with one of my favorite guys, Maurice Harker. I am so Thank grateful. You. Yeah, grateful for his influence in my life and thankful for the things that he's done for my family. One of the things I wanted to ask you about today, Maurice, is as the parent support specialist here at Life Changing Services, as a mother who's had this experience very personally myself with children, whether it be them being caught in pornography or caught in other issues, it's so difficult to know. And I often get asked this question when people set up a complimentary meeting with me, two things. One, how do I know that this is really a serious issue? Like, do we really need something as serious as a group? Because that's kind of terrifying. Number one, when you find out my child's been exposed and their innocence has been lost and I was trying to prevent that. And how long has that been going on? And sometimes you get the picture of that and other times you, you're not sure. But the other thing that I often get asked is, well, my child, I think it'd be good if we could tell. I, how do we tell? You know, how do we tell? And or it's my child doesn't want to. My child doesn't want to check this out. He doesn't want to go. So I guess we can't go till they want to go. So I get a lot yeah. of that. So I'd love to know, when do we know as moms how to take this seriously? And how serious should we take the whole exposure to pornography? And when do we know that it's really bad and we need to take care of this with some support? First of all, I want to express my newly grown empathy. And by newly, I mean over the last 10 or so years, having raised with all boys, never even thought about what it would be like to be a mother. Never thought about what it'd be like to be a woman who had invested her heart, mind and strength into raising little people. Read all those books, went to all those classes, majored in family and human development. And all this time, they never talked about what to do when your youth, your first one, your second one is coming of age into that phase. And shazam, you find out or you aren't sure or maybe kind of sort of and you can't get your fingers on it. You've already experienced at this level years of being ignored by your kids, disrespected. Many of you have husbands who aren't quite sure if you're hysterical or loving and they're still juggling that ball. Do you love our kids or do you want to control them? And so I have empathy for you moms who are so dedicated to helping your youth get through these adolescent years. Some of you read books, watch videos, et cetera, et cetera, with two different mindsets that aren't working. One of them is if I'm a good enough policeman, I can keep it from happening. I can block it and I can give consequences and I can give stickers for success. And you're just like policing, policing, policing. And the other one is this horrific, impossible task of diagnosing. Mm. Is my child, does they have a serious problem? Do they kind of have a problem? As I've pondered this for some time, I am sad that my profession has not presented itself in such a way that you can have enough confidence in us in the same way that you have confidence in a dentist or a pediatrician where 
if you are concerned about your child's pain in their teeth, you don't need to do seven Google searches on what could be going wrong. You don't need to do all sorts of investigation. You take your child in. You don't even ask the kid if they want to. They say, my tooth hurts. You say, okay, we'll have an appointment tomorrow at three o'clock. We're going to have you check to see if it's something serious. Mm-hmm. If your child walks around with, they're holding their stomach or limping a little bit and you say, what's wrong? And they say, nothing. <laughs> and you say, okay. And then tomorrow you pick them up from school without their permission and you take them to the pediatrician. You have them checked. Mm-hmm. Okay. So somehow our culture has become comfortable with if a mom thinks a kid needs to be checked for dental issues, then we have them checked. If a mom thinks the kid needs to be checked for a physical issue, we have them checked. Mm-hmm. I think we are all up to date enough now to know that we can approach mental health and addiction type things the same way. Mm. I think moms, it's okay now for you to no longer feel the responsibility of diagnosing your child's mental and or self-mastery issues. We have good enough professionals likened to dentists and pediatricians where if you think your youth is having a relevant psychological, mental, emotional self-mastery issue, only on a mother's intuition, you are allowed to take the kid in for a checkup. Mm. And you get to say, hi, I've made some phone calls. I've found someone and we're going to have you go in. And I'm not going to say to my child, how do you feel about getting a mental health checkup? How do you feel about getting a self-mastery checkup? Okay, we don't need to do that anymore. That was the old days. We can now just say as a mother, I think it's time for you to have a checkup. In fact, I think it's time every six to 12 months since if your teeth can go wrong in six to 12 months, so can your brain. Mm. Okay, wow. so it's time. We're going to start having every six to 12 months, we're going to have a checkup because we have found a pediatrician we trust. We found a dentist we can trust. We have found a mental health specialist we can trust. And so we're just going to have a checkup. Now, last time I checked, dental checkups and pediatrician checkups cost money. Mm-hmm. And I do believe it's appropriate at some point to make these mental health checkups be cost money. But for a limited time, (laughs) Maurice Harker and his team are going to offer free mental health checkups, little 30-minute visits, first come, first serve, Mm -hmm. until we get overloaded. And so I strongly recommend you follow the links that are attached here, Mm -hmm. or you call the phone number, and you say, I think my loved one needs a checkup. They could have an addiction. They could have a serious depression issue. They could have a serious anxiety issue. When you sign up following these links, you can just put in the notes your concern. Me and or one of my team will do a quick diagnostic on the person. We might send you a questionnaire in advance to give us a little bit of preliminary information Mm -hmm. so that we have an idea of what we're looking for. Mm -hmm. Okay, and then we will take a look. And if we assess them and x-ray their brains, the same way we x-ray teeth, and we go, oh, you know what? Your kid is just a normal pain in the fanny 16-year-old. They just need regular parenting. 
or they might need some extra work. So please, please, please step around the common stereotype that mental health issues mean there's something wrong with you as a parent or there's something wrong with a child. We are humans with human brains in the same way that our teeth can have issues just due to genetics or life. So can brains and hearts and spirits. Mm. So Karen, tell me what other questions a mother would have if she heard this. What well, uh, you've been a mother longer than I have. What's a mother going to ask next? Well, one of the things that she might ask is, well, you know, I have heard that we're not even supposed to refer to pornography and people being caught in pornography as an addiction. Uh, I've heard that. And so you actually keep saying that it's an addiction. Like that's a real thing. And I don't think you're supposed to do that because that hurts people's feelings. I appreciate that there's some anxiety about that. Addiction by definition is a chemical dynamic inside the human brain where there's a part of the brain kind of like the nut and bolt set where if you tighten down on it can actually tighten down. If, if you decide I want to tighten down on going to the gym, I want to tighten down on not eating cookies. Mm-hmm. Okay. If a person only has a self-mastery problem, then if you tighten down on it, you will follow through and succeed. Mm-hmm. But early in the brain's development, it has a possibility of having that nut and bolt set get stripped and the threads get stripped. And so once those threads are stripped and you can tell because if they try to tighten down on it, they slip anyway. When they try to tighten down, they slip anyway. Not when you try to tighten down on them, when they try to tighten down on themselves, they slip. And so that is a medical condition that we see in teenagers if they become alcoholics versus alcohol users. If they become drug addicts versus drug users, Mm -hmm. if they become pornography addicts versus pornography users, Mm -hmm. okay? So all of these three things and others can affect the brain in such a way that the tightening down part of the brain, I'm committed to not using drugs again, I'm committed to not using alcohol again, I'm committed to not using pornography again, if they can tighten down it and follow through on it, then we don't classify them as an addict. If they attempt to tighten down on it, but are unable to, then the mechanism in the brain needs some tooling, needs some regrooving that is done by professionals because it would take five to 10 years to train parents on how to do that retooling of the brain. Otherwise, we would just teach parents to do it. Yeah, I think that is something that's, Oh, I think we've come a long way. Like I know I kind of grew up in the era of if you need a therapist, then something is really wrong with you. Or if you need medicine, uh, that's not okay. And we don't say we need therapists. We don't say we take medicine. So there's still some residual of that, even though we've come a long way. And I think the thing that might stop moms is this idea of I don't want I don't want to make my child feel like something's wrong with them like taking them to a mental health professional I feel like 
you know, I have a responsibility to do this in the right way so that they don't think something's wrong with them. So I really like your approach. Maybe there's a different way that we talk about mental health, that we approach, you know, our mental health. And, you know, there's so much now growing about mindfulness and emotional intelligence and that it's okay to feel those feelings and to have those thoughts and all that kind of stuff that moms are kind of keying into now. They're like, oh, that's, that's good to know. So I think we're headed in a direction of mental health, heightening our awareness of mental health and the need to have our children have what you say as a checkup. What a great idea. Like have some mental health person in your pocket, just like you do your dentist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that, and I appreciate that maybe the technology or the science of mental health and psychology was a little less trustworthy. Mm-hmm. I myself still believe that people should be skeptical, but I think the same thing of any mother who approaches the dental needs or the pediatrician needs of their children, a healthy mom will spend some time researching, you know, what am I looking for in a dentist? What am I looking for in a pediatrician? It's appropriate to do the same type of investigation. So please do your investigation of who you would be taking your people to. But it's unfortunate to think that mental health issues are a new thing. That's like saying that because we have dentists now, then dental issues are a new thing. Like as if people did not have dental issues 500 years ago and 1,000 years ago. Right. This is not a new concept for people to have mental health issues that include, I've been traumatized by my friends, socially obliterating my my identity in front of the entire school, 16-year-old girls who are being sexually assaulted while they're on dates, Mm -hmm. boys being shamed for their size or whatever else as 17-year-olds. This is not a new concept. And the main reason that we didn't have confidence in making regular appointments is the same reason we didn't have confidence in regular dental checkups 100 years ago is because we didn't have confidence in the professionals. Mm. So once pediatricians and once dentists became adequately trustworthy, it became more appropriate for society to take their kids and their loved ones for a checkup so that we could have very strong health when our people as they reach the adult years. So my recommendations for this is not because we need it more now than we've ever done before. We've needed it this much throughout all of history, but we have access to it now in ways that we never had access to it before. We have professionals that are better at this stuff than ever before. And so I hope that these moms, because we have very ambitious moms in our culture, and most of them start thinking about the dental needs and the pediatrician needs from a very young age, and they don't think of it as, oh, my child is weird. So what I would like to convince all moms is when you hear your friend mom say, I'm now taking my child in for regular mental health checkups that you treat that woman as if she's a proactive mother instead of someone who thinks her kids are broken. Mm. You go, wow, that mom is taking their child to the dentist for first grade, second grade, and third grade. What a responsible mother. Not, Mm. oh my gosh, she must be paranoid about her kids having dental issues. She's going over the top. 
-hmm. A woman who takes her child into the pediatrician once a year from six months old until they're 18. What kind of mom does that? Uh, A responsible mom? Okay, we don't think that there must be something weird about them that they're going to see the doctor once a year. They must have problems over there. How about we just do the checkups and if there's nothing wrong, you go home and you don't have to get cavities drilled in and you don't have to do other things, okay? And you just get to enjoy life. Yeah. To build upon this theme, can I tell you that when a youth comes to see me as a 17-year-old, who I've already seen three times when they came in once as a 15-year-old, once as a 14, once as a 13-year-old, how much easier my job is as a clinician to just build upon the relationship that already exists Mm. because I don't have to start from scratch with a 17-year-old brain. Mm. I can do my job so much easier because if you take a 12, 13, or 14-year-old into a mental health clinician, they just think it's fascinating. Mm-hmm. If you say, hey, I want you to meet this person, they're a mental health specialist. Okay. <laughs> okay. okay. How much argument do you get from a 12, 13, or 14 year old? I'll buy you a slice of pizza on the way home if you'll go in. Okay. Mm-hmm. What are we going to do over there? They're going to do a mental, they're going to just do a checkup on how you're doing with your happiness and or with other things. Okay. Yeah. All I know is I get a slice of pizza afterwards i'll do anything for a slice of pizza Mm -hmm. so please mothers amongst each other and amongst all that you know let this become a regular thing so that we don't hear about the 17 year old who thought of committing suicide for the third time in the last four years that they never told anybody Mm -hmm. or i can't tell you how many adult men i work with who wish Someone would have asked them the right questions as a teenager so they could expose their pornography usage while they were just dabbling in it as teenagers because the mom and dad didn't know how to ask questions in a way. Mom, dad, we can train you how to do this, but this takes years to get good at it. Mm -hmm. It takes years to be skilled at helping youth talk out what's in their head and in their brains. I can diagnose a pornography addiction in like seven minutes. Mm. What, okay. do you, what do you look for? The slipping or what do you look for? I poke at their brains in ways that you're not going to be able to understand because when a x-ray doctor looks at teeth x-rays, right? do you mom say, what do you look for? And the doctor says, see this little fissure right here in the slight change in color in the x-rays. Yes. And you're going, uh-huh. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, totally I have right. no idea what you you're totally right. But because mental health is like this, I think we notice when people are having mental health issues, there's something that changes about them. But in my experience as a mother, there have been so many, several issues that I have missed as a mom and let go way too far. Not just with a son being caught in pornography and sexual self-mastery issues, working on those kinds of things, but Also, you know, just thinking, I think my child's just doing that grumpy teenager thing when they were literally spending time in their closet and writing things down about leaving the planet. Do I mean, I just was like, I never, I didn't see that. And I felt so bad Mm -hmm. that it 
that went on and they were in so much pain and didn't know how to, yeah, it was just, so I also am considering Maurice, I know that it's such a frightening thing for a mother to find out that her child has been viewing pornography, but it's an even more frightening thing if they were to bring them in and they think it's as bad as it could be, right? One of the things that I think is really amazing that has always stood out to me, and it is the only thing worse than finding out that your child is viewing pornography or has an issue at a level that needs some therapeutic intervention is not finding out. I'm so sad when mothers and fathers carry the burden of diagnostics on their shoulders and then they're sad and angry with themselves if they don't catch it. Yeah. And it's really unpleasant for the parents and the youth. And so for the sake of your sanity as parents, as much as I would like to, because I've tried for years to just provide parents with the capability of doing the diagnosis themselves. And you're going to find some websites that say, if this is happening, if that's happening, that's happening, then something's wrong. But they don't say, go get it checked by a specialist to see if that's an accurate conclusion. With this video, we're going to include a link to a questionnaire that will do a preliminary assessment. Please have your youth fill it out just for fun. Don't tell them that it's a majorly important thing. We have personality tests we do for fun. Just have them do this one for fun, okay? Mm-hmm. They will get the results. They can put your email address in it to, so you can see the results of it. But even then, don't believe the results. Look at the results and say, I need a professional to review these results. Just like if you got an x-ray machine and you ran your kid's head through it, to see if he needed braces or teeth them. And then you look at the x-ray and go, I got the x-ray, but I have no idea how to read it. Right. So thank you for wanting to be a professional diagnostician for the mental health processes. I appreciate your ambition. That's lovely. But let's let the dentist be the dentist and the pediatricians be the pediatricians and the mental health clinicians be that. The key is find one you trust. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of confidence. The ones that are connected to life-changing services, call them, get a start there, but go find another one and compare them. Mm. By the way, if you can find one that's better than my clinicians, let me know (laughs) so I can go hook them in because I'd like to know all the great clinicians. Yeah. Okay. I want to know who they are and where they're at, but get yourself a couple of them. My daughter has a dermatologist. My daughter has a gynecologist. My daughter has a general practitioner. Yeah. That's three kinds of doctors. Why not three kinds of mental health specialists for your kid? Mm. Yeah. Anyway, please help us spread the word to make this more normal and not such a stereotypical issue. Yeah. That's really awesome to be considering as moms. How can we speak about this different? How can we really highlight that mental health is so vital, so important. So if we're seeing something that might be a concern, that's one thing. But even if we're not seeing something, to just start teaching our children and admitting ourselves that mentally healthy people are more successful. 
And we're just talking more about our mental health. And that's why we have a mental health professional that we trust that we just go get checkups at. It's not a big deal. It's just what we do. And even if, I mean, I've done some really enjoyable therapy sessions that I don't know that would classify as therapy, but like a guy who's doing life normal, but he wants to be a skilled on his golf team or on his basketball team. And we do some supplemental sports psychology to add skills for his brain that it's not because he was broken. He just wanted to excel. Yeah. And so a skilled mental health clinician is not only going to look for what's broken, they can also help empower the brain to maximize its capabilities. So again, if the clinician only looks for what's wrong, then you're going to want a different clinician. Look for one who can take an average person and make them amazing, not just fixing a broken person. Because that's when the youth will really love the value of it. Then they'll know for the rest of their lives, if you want to become better at something psychologically, better at making friends, better at leadership skills, better at overcoming your frustration after losing in a sporting event. Okay. Mm. All of those things are not brain damage issues. Some people wouldn't even call them mental health issues because the stereotype of mental health is there's something wrong. Yeah. What about when you just want to go from being average to being amazing? Another thing that I've been doing a lot of lately is we've adjusted our systems to allow me to spend more time on the phone with bishops and to think about their needs and to talk over what they need. And I had an amazing conversation with the bishop yesterday, and Karen and I talked about this a little bit recently as well. We have seen in the news reports, et cetera, et cetera, that we are entering an age, whether it's because we're more familiar and more aware, or if it's been going on the whole time that we are having youth who are having cavities in their brains. We are having kids who need psychological root canals. But someone said, you know what, moms, we're going to let you be in charge of the difficult process of diagnosing your kids' mental health needs and treating them. So we're just going to drop that on your shoulders and say, we'll help you with dental work, but not with anything that involves your child's mental health. I would like to propose something. Maybe there was a time when dentists were not skilled enough to actually trust them. Okay, maybe dentists weren't actually good at their jobs and they were just pulling the wool over your eyes when they thought they could tell you what was wrong and make accurate recommendations. But apparently we trust them enough now that we just do it automatically. Like, It's a label now. A good mom takes her kid to the dentist once every six to 12 months, some version of that. Would you please help me fix the stereotype around having kids do mental health checkups? What if we made it normal to have your youth visit a mental health professional like it's normal to visit a dentist? What if we found professionals we could trust so that they could find things when they're tiny cavities and fix a little hole instead of waiting to have abscessed teeth and decaying teeth and now they need a major surgery to fix it? Or why do we talk about it like it's some horrific thing, like we wait to see the mental health specialist until you have a serious problem 
or the one that blows my mind the most when a mother says, child, how do you feel about going to see a mental health specialist? Do you ever ask that if they might have cancer or they might have a root canal need? We do not ask them how they feel about it. What does a mother do? She makes an appointment. She tells the child, you have an appointment. The child whines about it for a few minutes and says, fine, I'll go. You take the child in and then they go, okay, here's our recommendations of what to do. So mothers, please, please, whatever your magic skills are with your social media or your human interaction skills, this wave of adjustment to society has to start somewhere. We need it to become normal for our kids. And can I tell you from a therapist's perspective, if I work with a kid and I meet them for the first time when they're 13 or 14 years old and we work on something minor, but then when they're 17 or 18 years old and they have something more significant happen in their lives and their parent says, let's go see Maurice. They don't say, let's go see a therapist. They say, let's go see Maurice. The kid goes, great. I would love to talk to someone who's not you, mom. Okay. And the mom's all me too. Cause I don't want to get inside your mouth and use a drill on your brain the way the Maurice does. But now the kid comes in and says, Hey, hi, Maurice. And I say hi to the kid. And we go, what are we talking about? And we dig in and we don't have to do that whole awkward get to know each other phase because we already know each other and it's glorious. I have a couple of cases. And I've been in this position long enough that people I've met when they were 15, 16 years old, I can now work with them when they have marital issues and stuff like that 10, 15 years later, all right? So ladies, shop for a therapist or two the same way you would shop for a dentist. Yeah, I just wanted to add one of the things that we, when we were having this discussion recently that I thought, and that is good to consider too because we often put this little, well, if we say we, we're gonna go to a mental health professional, we're like, there's going to be some shame there, maybe some like, you're not okay there, you know, that kind of thing. So I love the thought of just making it more normalized, more, you know, that guy's our friend. It's some, somebody our family uses for checkups uh, or whatever, or that lady, um, whoever it is. But one of the things you mentioned that I thought was really powerful is another thing that yeah, a mental health professional can do is say, all right, so this is how old you are. How's your social life going? You're having some anxiety about making friends. You're noticing this is happening. Or, you know, that's really cool that you're seeing that aptitude. I think this might be one of your strengths. Here's a way that you can use that to be more successful. Like they can point out things that will strengthen and help someone to develop in an even more successful way, even if there's not a problem. You know, they can just say, oh, you're here for your little checkup. Well, that's so cool. And so all along, they're like another cheerleader, another somebody that's like, you know what? You're awesome. Of course, you're going to get messy sometimes. No. And here, let me just give you some advice. And, you know, if you want to just meet one more time about this, just to see if you understood it, great. And then you're on to the next thing. No, I just think, wow, that would be super healthy. When I think of the situations in my family that needed therapeutic things, there were lots of them and lots of them. We just waited until we were like, there's an gaping wound right there. We didn't know about that. So 
Thank you, Karen. An example of this is I met with a young man yesterday that I've known for three or four years, and he doesn't have any major sins he's working on. He just comes in and his biggest concern, he's 17 years old. He'd like to finish the transition of becoming treated like an adult with his parents. His parents would love that too, because they're sick of parenting him and they would just as soon he functioned like an adult so they can pay more attention to the younger kids. And I just trained him. So we're not fixing major brain damage, but we just pulled out a DPAR again, Discover Plan Act Reflect. And we, I walked him through how to fill it out again to fine tune that skill. And I says, one of the best ways to get a mom off your back is to do one of these every day and just show it to her. Because most moms, if a kid is working on his personal development on his own, will go hands off. They're like, you're doing your own personal development. I'm not going to get involved in that. You're moving forward. I don't need to get involved. He says, so this will get my mom off my back. And I'm all, there's a 95% chance that if you do this on a regular basis, your mom will say, you're in charge of your own development and you're doing a great job. So I don't need to pay attention to it anymore. Okay. So that is not something that a mom would bring her kid to me for, for therapy. Like I'd like my child to demonstrate more independence. They would usually say, well, that's not really a therapeutic issue, but because this relationship is already built with him, it benefits the family greatly. As Karen was saying, we always find something to work on. So if you would, please, Karen's got a podcast that we are just cleaning up and getting ready to go out soon. But it's a conversation between Karen and I on this concept of approaching mental health issues for the youth or adults, the same way you approach the dentist mindset. No one feels any shame about going to the dentist. No one should be feeling any shame about going in for mental health checkups. And please use your social media tools to get this mindset rolling with everybody. Talk about it in this way. Now, as a bonus, I'm hoping this is a bonus for you. For a limited time, I am giving my schedule out for 30-minute free checkups for you and your loved ones. I will have BJ post the link, and you have permission to use it. Please check this person. Please check this person. 30-minute checkups. There's a limit to how many of those are available. I can only do so many per week without myself drowning. So please be selfish and fill it up with as many people as you want to. So please start with your own household. Start with your, pass it on to a loved one, your sister, your brother, your cousin, and say, hey, you know someone who needs a checkup. Sign up for one and we'll run from there. Let's get it begun now. And I've got a whole pile of therapists that will join me on this as soon as my schedule's full. All right. And there's a little number there. If my schedule's too full, if I'm full past two weeks, call my secretary and she'll work with me to open up even more time slots. So let's begin a wave of change in our society. It is time to make it normal, as normal as dental checkups to have people checked for any mental health glitches. Okay, there, there's my spiel. Yeah, Luann. Recommended for age. For me, I'm a specialist with working with those who are 12 and older. So I would start by 12, but if you see any glitches in your kids for younger than that, okay, yeah, eight-year-old, have them checked, but I don't bring an eight-year-old to me. Anyone younger than 12, I'm not your person. Okay, that is not my area of fortitude and strength. There are other specialists that are good in that area. You can check with our office. You can check with other offices. That's just not where I'm going to be at your best. Okay? All right. Karen? Hey, 
any comments? Luann, she's coming. She's She's got something for us. Go, Luann. Okay, I'm, I'm ready. I'm already, thank you so much. That's a, that's a very kind, kind offer, a helpful offer. And I like the analogy you talked about with the, the dentist because honestly, that's not, the, not something I've really even thought about. So I'm naive to how to really go about doing that, especially for like a daughter. I mean, is it, it's a daughter be someone that you would see? That would be one of my questions. Would it be something that... Yeah. We'd go to like our health insurance and see, find the list of who maybe providers would be and like an initial checkup. How do they do that? I mean, is there just like a screening that they would fill out, the patient would fill out before, and then the person would each, have each to go clinician, by? Each clinician would do it differently. And so you just call like a mother who's looking for a new dentist or looking for an orthodontist. You just call and you ask those same questions. How would you do it? And be all pokey about it. Like, why should I trust you? What makes you better than other people? Why would you do a good job with this person? There are some elements to girl psychology that I'm really skilled with, but there's some elements to girl psychology I'm not really skilled with. And so even with me, you would say, is this the type of thing that you would want to cover? But we have got Anelody Milne and other specialists that work with the girls. So I'm not the only one who knows how to work with them. Okay, so there's lots of really capable people. So I'm already booked out for a couple of months to get in with me other than my 30 minute openings. Okay, so it's been listed there for you now by BJ. It's in the chat. So go ahead and grab that link and use it for a consultation if you want to have your person meet with me. <clears throat> Otherwise, just call our office or call any office, check your insurance, whatever. It's the same process and just see what their method is. I don't usually use a questionnaire because I can get in a person's head pretty fast. It only takes me out 15 to 20 minutes to actually figure out what's going on with at least the main elements that need to be checked. And then I can make some recommendations. And then you just decide if you want to follow the recommendations. Sometimes I just say, kick them in the fanny and, and don't let them eat Cheerios. Okay. Or I'll say this person needs a $10,000 a month treatment facility. Uh, you're going to have to start saving up money. So we can figure it out pretty fast now. Yeah. So how to approach as a mother this experience of finding a clinician a mental health person for your checkups we've talked about how important it is to approach the raising of our kids differently these days where we all understand that once every six to 12 months you take your child in for a dental checkup to see if there's anything that needs attention there once every six to 12 months we take our kids to a pediatrician to see if there's any needs there. But with new wisdom, we are now coming to the conclusion that to avoid severe problems in the late adolescence and early young adult years, not to mention marital years, that it's wise to have your kids experience mental health checkups every six to 12 months through their younger years so they can get comfortable and familiar with it. Now, as would be expected by any mother, there should be some parental anxiety about the experience, you know, taking your kid to someone you've never met, you don't know what their thoughts, feelings, and philosophies are. This may sound like a unique idea to some, but we want you to know from my position, it's very normal for a parent to interview a mental health specialist the same way they would interview someone for a job. This is your child's life and future that is going to be nudged, nurtured, and influenced by a mental health professional. So you have a right and, shall we add, responsibility to make sure this clinician is going to 
attend to the needs of your loved one in a way that is in harmony with your value system and that their methodology does not concern you. In fact, you are pleased and uplifted. You will want to know what the communication philosophy is, like some therapists don't want to inform the parents of anything. Some parents, some philosophers, some therapists will be very open with parents. So as you look for a clinician to work with your loved ones, do not hesitate to interview three, four, or five of them. Any good therapist is willing to expose themselves in that way for at least a few minutes for you to get to know their spirit. Now it is true that some of the best ones are very busy, so you at least can read what they've written. You can at least watch videos. You can at least listen to audios so that you can feel of their spirit to get an idea of what's on their mind and how they would work with your loved one. So the following steps that I would recommend are number one, if you need to involve insurance money, then go ahead and check your insurance's provider list. Many insurances don't even take that into consideration. So the next step would be just Google the mental health people in your area. This might surprise you, but many of the people around you already know somebody. So just ask around in the same way if you moved into a new area, who do you, who's your favorite dentist? Who's your favorite pediatrician? Let's make it normal now to ask the question, who's your favorite mental health clinician and professional in the area? Who do you like to go to? Who do you like to take your people to? Let's make it not a weird conversation. Let's make it normal. And then when you ask questions, one of my favorite questions is just to throw it on their lap. What would you do, Mr. Therapist, if you met a case like this? Now, don't make it sound like you're asking for therapy. Just say, I want to get a feel for your methods. What would you do? What would your approach to it be? And then just describe your child. If you have a teenage boy who doesn't like to do homework and regularly roughs up his little sister and smart mouths you on a regular basis, or if you have a youth who seems to be doing great, but you see them crying sometimes randomly and you're not sure if it's a girl with new hormones or a girl who's got someone being mean to her and cyberbullying her, but she's not ready to talk about it. You are a mom or you might be a dad who's listening to this and you're designed to be a mom, not a dentist, not a pediatrician and not a mental health expert. So let's let them do what they do best. So I'll try to make a list of questions to go with this, but you don't really need a lot of questions. Just interview them and say, I have a kid or I have a loved one, what would you do if they met with you? So let's pass this on and pass it on, pass it on, pass it on. So that everyone's kids can get the attention they need. Yeah. Thanks, Maurice. Yeah. So good. We'll include in the show notes that evaluation. Is that what you called it? Questionnaire? And a place where you can just sign up your loved one for a consultation, a, a 30 minute assessment. Mm -hmm. We'll just put that in the end with the instructions on how to use that as well. So you can, anytime you just sign up for it. If there's no openings in less than two weeks, call the headquarters and say, there's no openings in the next two weeks. Can you please open up some time slots? And I'll wrestle in some of our specialists mm -hmm. to open up some time slots. Yeah, that's so good. And if you're ever feeling like that's just terrifying to me, you could come and get a second witness from me, get a little free meeting just with me and we'll talk. Okay, 
Thanks for being here, everybody.